All right, before we get started with today's episode of the Sports Bros Podcast, I would like to give a shout out to Marcus Anderson and his business, A Cheesecake Will Do. That's right, A Cheesecake Will Do. Mr. Anderson specializes in making homemade cheesecakes such as strawberry, blueberry, and raspberry. Also, you got to check out his specialty cheesecakes as well, too, such as Samoa flavored, pecan pie, apple pie, and honey bun. Mmm, that honey bun sounds real delicious. Also, it's Christmas. And you can't forget the holiday cheesecakes as well, too. Check out this eggnog cheesecake. Oh, that sounds delicious. And I love eggnog, despite what everybody says. But that's neither here nor there. You should check him out on Facebook at his like page, A Cheesecake Will Do. You can also hit him up via the telephone (laughs) at 843-447-0958. And if you're hungry, why wait? Grab yourself a cheesecake because a cheesecake will do. Now on to this week's episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty B-Live, the money man Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. The Sports Bros Podcast is a sports podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. Talking sports, just the way you like it. And without any further ado, let's give it up for the Sports Bros. Hey, what's going on, world? This be your boy, Eddie Cool, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. I'll admit, Scotty D, I look a whole lot better this week than I have uh, last week. I don't know what happened, but I, I just I just look better. I don't know if it's the background or my skincare routine or, or what. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I feel that way every day. Oh, man. Oh, man. We're, uh... <laughs> get, get better looking every day. Yeah, so, so I guess... Uh, I don't know who's going to be the sweet stand or the beautiful Bobby in this case, but that's neither here nor there. We are here. This is episode number 135 of the Sports Bros Podcast. Now, normally, as you see both of us, if you're watching, you're wondering, where's the third guy? Well, the almighty B-Live, he had to go get his money. He had to go get his money. He had to go to work. And I'm not mad at him. Hey, man, sometimes you got to do what you got to do in order to get what you got to have. But guess what, though? I'm not without the other best co-host in the world. The pride of Washington, Pennsylvania. None other than the one, the only, the money man, Scotty D. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. What's happening? What's going on in the world today? Oh, he's going to fight you for that one. <laughs> oh, boy. And let's be honest. I was in a little bit tough on him last week. He was a little bit sore this week, so he took the week off. Oh. I apologize again. I, 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 I'm I, sorry, B-Live. I, I, I'm, I'm going to really miss you this week, but you're teaching me a lesson. I'll have to start going easier on you going forward uh, from now on. So my apologies once again. So this week we got the A team, Eddie Cole. Me, me and you, huh? <laughs> so we so be we, live, listening. I hope you're listening. Be live. So 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 we got B A and uh, Face. Ain't that a guy named Face? That's right. Yeah, the A okay. team. Yeah, okay. B A Baracus and Whew. Face. Uh, almost dropped the ball on that one. See that? See Templeton Peck. Templeton uh-huh. Peck. 
Yep. His real name was Templeton Peck. Yeah. Templeton Peck. Okay. All right. Cool. Oh yeah. wow. Wow. Never knew that. Never knew that. Man. Trivia. Yep. Trivia yep. guy. Yeah. That's the that's the trivia guy. You a if you if anybody want to hold some holiday trivia, call Scotty D. Scotty D. Trying to help you get uh-huh. some extra money too. Extra money, man. Extra money. Extra that's money. Right. Everybody, everybody want to have fun around this time of the year. But Scotty D. Man, uh, let's quit this here um, inconsistent rambling. Let's talk about some football. How you feel about that? Let's talk football, huh? Let's do it. Yes, sir. Let's talk football. All right, so here's what we got going on. Um, This past week of football was some good week of football, but as of late, man, there's been a lot of teams that's trending up and a lot of teams that's trending down. So with that being said, Scotty D, uh, when it comes to teams trending up and trending down, who you got trending up? You know, like we said uh, a few weeks ago, you can start seeing a little bit of separation from the pack. Eddie, how, how about you answer this one first, the, the way you wrote it? Because I have a little bit different idea of how I want to present my answer. Let me hear what you got on this one so I don't step on your toes. Sure, no problem, as we say in the restaurant industry. All right, so trending up, um, the New England Patriots. Why? Because, okay, I agree with that one. Why? Because they're the winners of seven straight games, and they got a big win uh, this past Monday um, in Buffalo, where only three pass attempts by the Patriots. Oh, yeah, three. That was pass- insane. Yeah, three pass attempts by the Patriots. But other than that, they ran the ball and ran it effectively against a usually stout Buffalo Bills defense, all right? And so from the looks of it, the Patriots are sitting atop their division and have one of the top spots in the AFC because coming into the season, we didn't think that they would be a top team in the AFC. Not, you know, we, we did thought, not. No, we thought it was going to be Buffalo, Kansas City, Baltimore, and everybody else. We, yeah. did, we, we did think that. So, um, yeah, so the New England Patriots, they're trending upwards. So um, they're dangerous, very dangerous. They're good on offense. They don't do a whole lot. They do just what they need to do in order to win the game. And also, the defense is doing what they do, just be the vaunted Patriots defense, all right? And also trending up over in the NFC South, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, they've been pretty much unstoppable since they lost those two games to the Saints and the Washington football team. They haven't lost since. And uh, speaking of those same Bills, uh, they beat the Bills in a close one as well, too. And um, my team trending down, I'm going to have to say the Buffalo Bills, man. They don't look as mighty as they once were. They look vulnerable. They look like they can be beat on the road and at home. So um, the trending team that stands out, to trending down team that stands out to me the most is the Buffalo Bills losers of two straight. I don't know what's going on, Scotty D. I think, honestly with you, man, I think the Bills, they have to establish a run game. Yes. They have to establish a run game because I'm over here looking around. I'm like, okay, you got the Patriots running it down your throat, so y'all not going to answer back with the run game as well, too? So, like, what's what, what are we doing? I'm just, um, it, there's... The, the Bills just don't seem as mighty, Scotty D. So that's why I got trending up and trending down. I got the Patriots and the Bucks going up and the Bills going down. What say you, Money Man? Well, it's, it's strange to cite the uh, Kansas City Chiefs as trending up, but mm. they are. And I kept waiting for it. Yep. I was just about ready to give up. And I, I kept saying, I'm waiting for them to flip the switch. And it seems they have. And they exploded on the Raiders this week. Uh, the Raiders did their little disrespectful team meeting on a logo didn't sit well with the chief. So they went out and handled their business. Yep. So I, I'm going to, I call them for, for trending up. Um, 
we talked about the Ravens trending down a little bit. Um, trending up is also the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Might be a little bit too late, but they are suddenly back, and they've won five in a row. They're now six and seven. Win a couple more games, and they may be able to snag a wild card spot because it seems like the Steelers also trending down, trying to they're trying to fall out of uh, out of playoff contention. But trending down, Eddie Cool, more than any team is a player that I want to talk about, and he plays quarterback for America's team. Uh oh, uh oh, is right. <laughs> Uh oh, is right. Okay, so I should be really happy today, right? The, the Cowboys went to Washington and got a victory on Sunday. Mike McCarthy said, We're going to win that game. And the media made it turn. Oh, he guaranteed. He's Joe Name. He guaranteed to win. Ah, whatever. I like my coach saying, We're going to win. Shows him being a little bit confident. You know, I, I, I kind of like that. It was you, pretty you, much. You want that in your coach. You do. Yeah, and it was really more coach speak than arrogance and uh, we're going to win this game. It it really wasn't that. It was Mm -hmm. just him talking in an interview. And then the game starts and they are rolling and it's 18 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. And the defense is suddenly looking good. But let me tell you, man, Dak Prescott looked bad in this game. Mm. He threw an interception early in the first quarter. To, he threw a ball to C.D. Lamb. It went probably 10 feet over his head. He missed him that badly. And then when they're trying to kill the clock with four minutes and go, he hits a wide open linebacker for the for the Washington football team. Perfectly in stride. Found, found a wide open linebacker and threw it right to him for a pick six. Eddie, these were two of the worst throws you've ever seen by an adult. Oh, wow. At any level. At any level. Not just NFL. Not just college. Not just arena league or Dwayne The Rock Johnson's XFL League, or even in in the backyard down here by my elementary school. That's how bad that was. That was one of the worst passes an adult's ever thrown that I've ever seen. Two of them in the same game. Yes. So what is going on with the Cowboys? They have suddenly gone from beginning of the year, we said, if their defense can hang in there, their offensive firepower is going to be second to none. They can make a deep run. And now... The star of the team is Micah Parsons. He is lit a fire into that defense. They got Neville Gallimore back to clog up the run up front. They got Randy Gregory off of the COVID list. They got Demarcus Lawrence. Oh, actually, Gregory had a calf injury. Demarcus Lawrence had a foot in. They're back, and the defense is looking good. Diggs holding down the secondary. And the problem is Dak Prescott because the offensive line has been good. He's had all of his receivers. Now, granted, Zeke's been hurt and has not been himself. And now we got a problem with Tony Pollard having uh, a plantar fasciitis in his foot. We don't know if he's even going to play again this year. That's that's a painful, painful injury to have to try to play through, especially when you're a speed back. Yeah. But if you have problems like that, shouldn't you be able to rely on a quarterback with a $160 million contract to get you some first downs in the second half of the game? You should. Yeah, oh, you boy, Eddie, he is trending down. And if you watch him, he looks frightened. He looks like he has no confidence. He, the last time this guy really looked good was against New England on the road. That was the game that he strained his calf in the last play of the game. He threw a touchdown to CeeDee Lamb. And then they blew Atlanta off, off the field. But before that, he, they, it, he had a loss to Denver, a 
poor loss. They, they blew out Atlanta. Then they lost to Kansas City, and he looked terrible in that game. Then they lost on Thanksgiving to the, to the, the Raiders. He didn't look good in that game. They beat the Saints. He didn't look good in that game. And, he, I mean, this is, this is a trend now. This is a big-time slump. He has to snap out of this. Kellen Moore has to sit down with this guy and say, hey, dude, let's watch the film of the first week. I know we lost to the Buccaneers, but he looked like money that night coming yeah. back off of an injury. He looked like a guy who had something to prove. He looked like he was hungry. I'm going to show him that I'm not hurt. I'm back. There's no problem with my ankle. He had that weird injury under his armpit in training camp. I'm going to show everybody that's not a factor. And now you mean to tell me he can't recover from a calf injury six, seven weeks ago? What is wrong? That's trending down. Anyway, that wasn't your question, but I had to get that off my chest. Well, I appreciate that, Scott D.A. I, <laughs> I, I, I really appreciate that. I was like, oh, he's going to do a player? And I was like, this is going to be interesting. And then you went into the Dak Prescott situation. And I was like, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Now, now if, if, if you want to trend, you kind of want to trend. Actually, you don't want to trend down at all. That's the whole thing. You don't want to trend down at all. But not through, right now. No, especially pff, not the last the last few weeks of the season. That's the last time you want to trend down. But like, like you said, now now's the time that you don't want to trend down. And then you said Dallas is battling injuries. Zeke ain't you know really ain't really getting it done. And then Tony Pollard, who's been who's been very serviceable this year. Wished I picked him up in fantasy football, but it is what it is. And um, it, it it seems Injured. like yeah, it seems like Scotty D. When the offense is up, the trend of the last few years of the Cowboys, when the offense is up, the defense is down. When the defense is up, the offensive down. There's never been like, all right. We well, are we haven't had much up defense in the last few years. So oh, that's no. why we're kind of excited that, that we're having a such a, a promising look right now at mm-hmm. getting all these defensive weapons on the field. But offensively, we have to figure out a way. And the Cowboys, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm going off on deck, but they have to find a way to run the ball, too. If, if Zeke's hurt and, and and Pollard's hurt, you still have to find a running back. They got this uh, Clement that played for the Eagles in the Super Bowl a few years ago. You got to be able to pick up four and five yards. Just four or five yards just to shorten so you're not behind the chains on third and nine and ten all day long. So they, they have to be able to establish some type of run. Now, now, Eddie, I also want to throw another individual trending down. Okay. And that is that is Urban Meyer Ooh. with Jacksonville. This guy's been a dumpster fire all year. Now he's got this kind of blame press conference thing going on. And if there's a leak, that person's going to be unemployed. And, and he had the thing earlier this year where he was his team lost and he decided to go to the strip club or whatever, go to a bar and had a girl dancing on his lap. I'm going to go dancing. My team just got destroyed, but I'm going to go dancing. Woo! I'm Urban Meyer. <laughs> this guy is in the first year of a, what, like a $10 million a year deal. I, I don't remember what the length of it was, but yeah, it, the, Jacksonville's won two games. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. I can't remember. They've won two games. And See, hey, 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 look, he's so aggravated, Urban Meyer, he's coughing. <laughs> uh, he's making me sick. Yeah, he's yeah. literally making me sick. They're coming off a game on Sunday, Eddie, where their star pupil threw four interceptions. I didn't see the whole game. I understand one of them was kind of maybe not his fault, but Trevor Lawrence had a bad game. Mm. So at this late in the season, shouldn't we be seeing a little bit more, some more steps taken like the other rookie in New England is doing? I mean, that, that kid... 
I mean, he he's in first place in the whole AFC. Man, I, I, I I'm not I'm 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 thinking he's not getting the proper coaching down there. If you're the owner, who's that? Con, yeah, Chad Con of mm-hmm. Jacksonville. Man, you got to start thinking about cutting your ties already with this guy. He's made questionable hires. It's not if things don't be going don't seem to be going too well. He, he's lashing out of press conferences. Not really. I don't know the whole the whole thing ha- that happened back with the with the dancer on the lap was botch. That was botchamania. Yeah, botch fest. Who Urban Meyer trending now, Eddie Cool. Yeah, I I think um I didn't I I want to go back and read the article, which I think I just might after I um after we finish um recording the podcast. There seems to be some tension between Urban Meyer and some of the players, even. Marvin and, Jones, who doesn't have a history of this kind of behavior, evidently no left the team meeting and had words with them. You know, and last week Trevor Lawrence is saying we need to have this uh is there James Robinson a running back? He needs to be yeah. in the game more. And yeah. Urban Meyer said, I'm not really one making the decision on how much playing time he's at. You're the head coach. Then, then who? Then who's? Then who's making these decisions? And Think if your star it. quarterback is telling you, "I want this guy on the field," you you, you might want to put him out there, try to get to, to, to help him. I mean, give him more confidence. He's he's begging you for it practically. Oh, this we knew this was a bad hire when it started. Yeah, yeah, it was. It I, was. I, you know, if you're if you're a con man, you have to fight, figure out a way. We don't want to lose two years off this kid, beginning of this kid's career. We got to develop him and, and make some progress here. You know, maybe you might have to cut ties and try to see if you can pry Sean Payton away from the Saints or get a Josh McDaniel or Byron Leftwich, another offensive minded up and coming coach who played the position. Mm. I don't know. Just seems seems like I would not be very comfortable in that seat if I was Urban Meyer. Yeah, Urban Meyer. I don't it, it it sounded good at first, but I said to myself. You're no longer dealing with 18 through 22 year olds you're dealing with dudes that's 25 and up they got families car notes mortgages and all this stuff and egos ego ginormous egos and if you come in here on that mess that you did in florida utah i think he coached what bowling green and uh, yeah. at, at Ohio State, that that's not gonna fly, man. You're dealing with some dealing with some guys that are millionaires that are established, and so that doesn't a, mean anything to those guys. You're right; they, and, and, they're established NFL guys, and he's not. Yeah, and, and you're not. And so the thing about it is that there might be a whole disrespect issue going on between him and the players because how how in the hell does James Robinson go from a thousand yards to have you seen me? Because I haven't heard a lot right. about him this year. And, no, and I, he's not getting that many carries. No, and I thought he would be working overtime with uh, Travis ATN being out for the season, but no. I mean, we got to deal with you know, um, Leviticus. Is it Carlos Hyde or somebody else's yeah, on the team? Yeah, I think, Car- and, yeah. and they're getting him, giving him carries. And supposedly, because of the uh, Robinson had some fumble issues, and that's why he's lost some of these carries. But Hyde fumbled too, and and didn't yeah. seem to be being an issue. I, I don't know. It just seems like a mess. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute, hold on. Didn't Urban Meyer coach Carlos Hyde at Ohio State? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Makes don't sense. Know. Makes makes see see all 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 all. all. Is that word, where he went? I, I I think Carlos Hyde went to the Ohio State University, if I'm Let not mistaken. S- you know what? I think he did. I just don't know when he came out, but I think he went to Ohio State, and Urban Meyer was the coach. And since you said something about fumbling issues and him letting him go back in there, 
maybe there's that rapport that was am i right yeah yeah he went he was there in uh he was drafted in 2014 so that would have been in line with that era yeah so so maybe that rapport is there between urban and carlos but the thing about it is you got a guy that ran for with a thousand as much as this league is hurting in the running back department, you got a thousand yard back just sitting there, maybe getting what he may be involved in like what 10 or 15 percent of the plays. Hey, look, man, I said before and I'll say it again Jacksonville needs a major overhaul. They need an overhaul. The Jets need an overhaul. It's a lot of organizations that need a major overhaul, and the Jags are number one. All right, Scotty D, moving right along and speaking of football. Uh, the Heisman Trophy, we predicted it, right? <laughs> yeah, that was kind of uh, low-hanging fruit last week. We, we we knew the way that was going to go. I I um, I was a little surprised that uh, our boy from uh, from Michigan uh, was Aiden Hutchinson. Was that yeah, name? Mm-hmm. yeah, Aiden Hutchinson. <laughs> Excuse me, I was, I was a little surprised he finished second, but hey, good for him and. Happy to see my boy Kenny Pickett from Pitt make the trip to New York. He finished third, so good good for him. It was um, cool to have him as part of it. But, you know, we, we all kind of felt it was a foregone conclusion. Yeah, yeah. Gotta, hey, got to give it up for Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. Scotty D, Kenny Pickett gets drafted this year. He's getting drafted. Yep. He's, he's getting drafted. There's, there's no, I don't know. No, 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 no. Kenny Pickett is getting drafted. Let's just yeah. hope. Uh, let's just hope he makes some money. Yeah, let's just hope it goes to you know he goes to a good situation. Don't go to Jacksonville. Um, <laughs> he won't be heading there. But you know, there's there's you know, I, and I don't know that Kenny Pickett is is going to be like a franchise type of quarterback. I think he's a really really good college quarterback. He really built himself into one. I don't know that he's like a guy that you're going to say, yeah, this is the guy we we really want to take him in the the top five. But there's I've heard rumors that Atlanta could be ready to move on from Matt Ryan mm-hmm. and maybe he goes to somewhere like Cleveland or Pittsburgh, somewhere that, you know, that that's not looking for a full rebuild that could still, that could use a quarterback and pick a in Atlanta. Who, who knows? I mean, it's way too soon to speculate, but I've just have heard that Atlanta has some interest in that, in that situation. But anyway, glad to see he made it to New York and, Congratulations to our Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama. Back-to-back years for Bama. Yep, another Bama boy wins it all over again. Scotty D, we also witnessed some good mixed martial arts in the Octagon Saturday night. UFC 269 was headlined by Oliveira versus Poirier and also co-main evented by Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunes. By the time I tune into the fight, I watched the two main events. But what happened throughout the duration of the rest of the car? Because I know you watched it. You know, there was um, there was a lot of this was a good card, aesthetically pleasing kind of card, because there's a lot of fights in this card that were on the feet. You know, there wasn't a lot of not so much ground and pound and, and they, they just weren't boring. They were guys that wanted to engage. Mm. And one of our favorites, the Sugar Show, Sean O'Malley, got yet another knockout. And he is. Uh, yeah, the the with the multicolor hair. I forget the name of the Brazilian guy he, he fought. He was a, a, one of the tougher opponents he's faced. Mm-hmm. There's been there's been some talk that O'Malley has not stepped up in competition enough yet. And Dana White says, "Well, this kid's been 
sl- making a slow move. He's racking up some wins, just like how boxers used to do it. Rather than rush him in to, you know, bigger, tougher fights, he's letting him win. But now he's ready to make some money. So I think in 2022, we're going to see a little bit more from Sean O'Malley. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main event with Charles Oliveira, Dustin Poirier, when we get to that in a minute, that was um pretty exciting fight in itself. Mm-hmm. But the big one, the shocker, the, the show stealer was Juliana Pena knocking off the lioness Amanda Nunez. We didn't see this coming. Nope. Nobody did. She was um, minus a thousand favorite going in. That's one of the biggest Vegas lines to ever have to, to ever have lost. Now, Nunez has not fought. She, she she just to refresh everyone's memory. Amanda Nunez has been holding two belts for the last couple of years. The bantamweight and the featherweight. The bantamweight being the lighter of the two. And she did come down to defend this one for the first time since 2019. So she hasn't fought down at this weight in a couple of years. I don't know that coming down in weight had much to do with it. But Julianne Pena said, I'm going to tire her out and I'm going to beat her. But it happened in the second round. It didn't oh, happen she did it. in round yeah. four or five. I didn't believe it when she said it. But that night when I was watching the fight, I was watching the, the whole card, they showed Julianne Pena walking into the arena and she had her hoodie up and her earphones on, and she just looked like she was in a world all of her own, just laser-focused, the eye of the tiger, to use a old catchphrase. Mm-hmm. They showed Amanda Nunez walking in. She and her girlfriend were walking in, and they have a child together, and they were on each side of the child holding hands and smiling, and she looked very relaxed. And if you're Amanda Nunez, why not? Because nobody can beat you. Yeah, you beat everybody. But, but, but And beats everybody badly. Yeah. But when I saw that, I, I had a I had this weird feeling like Amanda Nunez looks like the satisfied going to work to do her thing champion without the hunger. And Juliana Pena looked the part of somebody who was going to beat her. And she said a lot of these girls Nunez beats, she beats them because she scares them and they lose before they even get into the cage with her. And she said, I'm not afraid of her. And I'm, I'm going to beat her. I still didn't really believe it until the first round. Nunez knocked this girl down and she went on the ground to finish her, <clears throat> which I fully expected her to do, but she didn't. Instead, Pena maneuvered on the ground, used her mixed martial arts skills, actually had a hold of Nunez's arm in such a way that if Nunez made a wrong move, she could have put her into a submission hold. So she didn't get any real damage done to her. And instead, I think Nunez expended a lot of energy trying to finish her in round one. And when that didn't happen, and then the second round, she'd already taken some of her shots. Man, she just she just punched her in the face, took her back, choked her out, and new champion. It was incredible. I was very excited because it's an upset. And I like Amanda Nunez. And she was so gracious after the fight. She didn't offer excuses or, or complain or say I was hurt. Nothing. It was just this was her. She was very gracious which is very much appreciated because you don't always get that with the UFC. No, you don't. But but awesome, awesome night to see that. Now, as far as the uh, the men's fight go, I, I expected it, the outcome to, to go the way it did. I was kind of hoping to see a four or five round fight. Uh, Poirier, I think, similarly punched himself out of the fight in the first round because he had Oliver in trouble, looked to finish him. And he said as much after the fight, he said, I, I I wanted to drag him into the later rounds and try to to beat him then. And he said, 
I allowed myself in so many words, he said, I allowed myself to get into a, into a brawl mm. and uh, wasn't able to get the finish. And then Oliveira took him down, controlled him the entire second round. Not much. He didn't do a lot of damage, a little bit of some elbows with the ground and pound. And then in the third round, he jumped his back and, and beat him with a standing rear naked choke. So now he's going to move on and probably fight Justin Gaethje. And I fully expect him to beat him in a similar manner because Gaethje's also a brawler. And I think Oliveira can withstand that kind of thing. And he's just he, right now he's on top of his game. He's he's the best in that weight class when it comes to getting submissions. He, he finishes guy with submissions. He doesn't do a lot of knockouts, but he's the best right now. And um, uh, next for Poirier, hard to hard to tell. Maybe Michael Chandler is talking a little trash at him. I don't know what, when we'll see Conor McGregor again, if that's even a possibility they fight again. We'll, we'll see. I don't even know if if that's the money fight anymore because of how it went the first two times. Right. Yeah, that's that's a load of weight class, man. There's a, there's a lot of good cats in that weight division, man, a lot of them. Yeah. Um, that's a killer division, and um, that and that's a problem for Poirier if he wants to try to get back. Poirier passed up title shots earlier to take the money fights with McGregor, and this was his big opportunity to, to win that, that championship. And now there's another cat on the horizon. This um, Makayev, this Islam Makayev, he could be the next challenge. He's an up and comer. He's maybe two fights away from fighting for the championship himself. I think he's going to be one of those guys that, if and when he does get the title, it's going to be hard to get it off of him. But for the time being, Oliveira's the man. So good night of fights, Eddie. Cool. Enjoy, enjoyed those fights. Yeah, like I said, I was in the process of uh, fixing some furniture in the house, and I was like, let me put the fight on, and I was like. Oh, we had this fight. Okay, let me watch this fight. It's pretty good. Amanda Nunez. Like, oh, because what got me was when they were just standing in the ring in the octagon and they just started trading blows back and forth. You started trading blows back and forth. And I was like, man, whatever the game plan was, it is scrapped now because these girls are about to throw down. And so I think I had like a hammer in my hand. I put the hammer down. I was like, I have got to watch this because this is about to get real serious, <laughs> real serious real quick. And it I did. love it. I love yeah. it. I love I love those when those championship fights come about. That feeling you get right before a big title fight's ready to go down. I love I love it. Great yep. feeling. Yep, good title fight. Good title fight. Good title fight. But Scotty D, guess what time it is? Time for a title fight? Uh probably in the future. I gotta cut okay. I gotta cut weight, but don't tell nobody. <laughs> yeah, I gotta cut some myself here. Yeah, I got I gotta cut weight, gotta cut a whole slab of belly off. It is time for our favorite portion <laughs> of the show, the choices of the voices. And with that being said, hey yo button, hit it. <laughs> we'll be back, y'all. And now our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices. Once again, thank you to the wonderful and ever. So lovely, Miss Button, for introducing our portion of the show, favorite portion of the show, that is, the choices of the voices. Well, we ask you questions, you give us the answers, and we discuss it. We might pick at you, we might joke, but it's all good and clean fun. Ain't that right, Scotty D? That is correct. Yep, and with that being said, Scotty D, what's the question for this week's choices of the voices? All right, I asked what Heisman Trophy winner went on to have a disappointing pro career now i didn't mean who was the biggest bust it meant who was most disappointing some of you went with the bust as your answer which i i can understand but i was really looking for the question as far as your expectations went who did not meet your expectations who let you down who did you think was gonna be up here and either was here or here or here 
we're way down here. But anyway, we did get some good uh, some good responses here, Eddie Cool. Yep, we got a good one. All right, here we go. We got Tom Wynn. He says, can I vote for Baker now? <laughs> He's ready to call it. He's calling it a disappointment. Uh, See, when Baker got picked first overall, I was actually a little bit surprised that he was going to be the guy mm -hmm. because a lot of the hype was going at Sam Darnold back then. Yep. You know, he was the big West Coast hero. He's the big star. And then you had the two Joshes that they weren't really sure of. And who else was in there? I think Lamar Jackson was also in that in that draft class. Yep, late. Yep. Mm -hmm. He was there. I think that was I think that was the five that were that were getting looked at. But yeah, um, so I was not really sure about Baker. I thought with his size, you know, that I, I didn't know if he had such a strong arm. He actually does have a pretty strong arm, but mm -hmm. um, <laughs> jury's still out. But I'm leaning towards guilty on that one. I'm. I'm uh, I'm kind of because Tom Tom Lynn is a Browns fan, so I'm uh, I, I can totally understand that answer. Yep. And Tom, the funny thing about it is, I live right outside of Cleveland, Tom, and your sentiment is damn near the same as uh, a lot of the people around here. But um, is that what mo are most people? Um, I mean, what are they thinking up there, Eddie? Because Baker's <sighs> contract's up next year, right? I mean, he's yeah. They get they got to figure out what to do with this guy. I mean, if if you look at it, you got a lot of people that's on the fence. A lot of people are like, I remember one of my coworkers asked me, say, Ed, who would you take? Would you take Joe Burrow or Baker Mayfield? Real quick, I said Joe Burrow. In a heartbeat. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, 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 said, I said Joe Burrow. I mean, I think Joe Burrow has shown me just enough. Cincinnati, draft a damn lineman this year. You, you, a bunch you, of them. You, a you, bunch yeah, of them. Yeah, you, you, your, your first four picks, you need to be linemen. Center, yeah. guard, tackle. Finish all that, get some backups, make some good free agent signing because you got Joe Mixon, you got Samaj P. Ryan, and then your wide receivers are good, your quarterback is good. And your defense yeah. is decent as well, too. So just fix the damn line. I mean, yes, I understand, you know, going getting T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. I understand it. They're good. They can't be great once the man, once number nine has time to pass the ball. So, um, I'm sorry we got off on a tangent, but yeah, Scotty, that's the general. Yes. <laughs> that's the general consensus around here. It's kind of like, <sighs> all right, Baker, <sighs> all right, Baker, but he's hurt this year, so I mean, I yeah, yeah, yeah. some some so of I, it's some of it's deserved and some of it's not. Yeah, he yeah. is. He is. I mean, you gotta give him credit. He is trying to play through a bad injury, but yeah, and they won yesterday. So <clears throat> yeah, they, they, they did. They did beat the Ravens. That was which they had. They had to have that game. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of you got. You got to win games. All right, move right along. We got the best name in the game, JoJo Comfort, and he says plenty to choose from here. But I'm torn between Rashawn Salam, Gino Toretta, and Matt Leinard. All right, so he said I'd have to say Toretta. Dude, maybe played three games and <laughs> and racked up a whopping fifty yard give or fifty yards, give or take a few. Yeah, Gino Toretta was not not good. Um, I don't know if he came in as, as much hype as Matt Liner did, but I can remember when, uh, when Matt Liner came in the league, I heard a scout somewhere. I can't remember if it was on TV or on radio. I just remember the, 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 this scout saying that Liner was not going to be as good as expected because when he was at USC, he was basically throwing the ball down to an area and he had such great athletes. They were just beating everybody else to the area and catching it that he was not quite a pro ready quarterback man was that right i did i thought he's crazy i thought matt liner looked apart he looked to me like a 
who's going to be a, a big time NFL quarterback. Mm. So I was disappointed. Uh, out of those three, Leinert was the one that I would probably have say I had the highest expectations for and and uh, didn't meet him for me personally. That's just so good answer, Joe Comfort. Yeah. And and uh, Rashad Salam had something called injuries. Yeah, he never got it seemed like his career he, never really got going. Nah, and it, I mean, you know what this kind of reminds me of a non Heisman winner, a fellow <clears> by the name of Kajana Carter. Yeah. As, Penn to, State. as to where injuries was like it was injuries was like hey i'm here i'm not going nowhere and you won't be a great football player so uh, yeah. yeah man th those injuries are something else all right moving right along david romito he said i honestly didn't expect uh most since barry sanders in 88 to really truly light it up he said the ones i did did most disappointing ever for me was mike rosier Mike Rozier from Nebraska won the Heisman in, I think it was 84, 83 or 84. I think it was 84. Mm -hmm. And uh, went to the USFL out of college, played for the Pittsburgh Maulers of the, uh, of the uh, USFL. Okay. I think they were only in the league one or two years, and they didn't, they didn't last very long. And then I remember him playing with the Houston Oilers. And he had an okay career, but he just never was uh, like a – I don't know if he made any pro bowls or, or any of that, but he was definitely not a long-term great running back. So good answer there, Dave Romito. Dave Romito. All right, here we go. We got Jeff Styles. Don't call me phenomenal, all right? He says, I thought Ricky Williams would own the career rushing record at the end of his playing days, but that theory went up in smoke. <laughs> uh, I think he ended up with only around 9,000 yards. 9,000 yards ain't that bad. No, I don't know if he ended up with that many. If he if he had that many, I'd max. That would surprise me. I I, I want to look up and look that up and see how many he finished. But Ricky Williams, I would tend to agree with um, with Styles here that I thought he was I thought he was going to be a stud. He looked the part to me. He looked like the next coming of Earl Campbell down there in, in Houston, and. Um, I guess maybe because I didn't watch Texas football. That's what I mean, Earl Campbell from, from Texas. I guess I didn't maybe watch him enough in college as much as I watched highlights and stuff. I, can't, I guess I didn't know he was such a weirdo. Because if you remember, like, right as a rookie, he was doing post-game interviews with his helmet on, with the yeah. visor on. Yeah. Yeah, it was – he was very odd off the bat. I guess he had some anxiety issues and stuff, and – and then he decided that weed was way more important than football till he realized that you don't get paid to smoke weed and he had to go back to football. And I, I mean, he was a bruiser. He was a bruising running back. He, mm -hmm. he, he had a decent career with, uh, with Miami, but like, like style said, when you saw him coming out, he looked like I'm going to own every rushing worker. I'm, I'm going to be the guy. And he finished his career with 10,009 yards. So yeah. Um, more than I expected, he had one, two, three, four, five thousand yard seasons. Uh, two with first two with New Orleans. H you know, ha had some catches out of the out of the backfield, but you know his his career I think always is going to be looked at with through that gap in the middle of leaving to go run around the world and and smoke weed and he, he I, it just seemed like he left a lot on the table. He, yeah, Ricky did, man. Ricky was a phenomenal athlete. Like you said, Scotty D, we didn't know a lot about him because, you know, being in, you know, South Carolina, we didn't watch a lot of, you know, Texas football. You know, yeah, I, I, yeah. 
Yeah, they I just didn't Texas. watch him enough, I guess. But yeah, but um, yeah, from what from what I saw, I'm like, man, this dude is fast. He's big. He got dreads. He's a real deal. But um, I think Ricky. Yeah, he looked up yeah. like a warrior. Yeah, yeah, but, but I think Ricky um found his calling and in being involved in the marijuana business, and I think he has some like dispensaries out out in the West Coast. That, that fits him. That is perfect for him because you know, weed was going to take precedence anyway. All right, so uh, all right, so moving, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so moving right along, we got Jr. Jr. gave us a list. All right, so here we go. He said Eric Crouch in Nebraska, who never played in the NFL. Jason, <laughs> yep, Jason White in Oklahoma. <laughs> Uh, let's see, RG3 out of Baylor. Okay. And Marcus Mariota out of Oregon. And then Okay, so- it took JR a little bit to get warmed up there. His first two answers, nobody expected those other two cats to be good in the NFL. That that's 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 a classic example of picking a bust. Yeah. I even mentioned Eric Crouch last week. Yeah. And no, no. Because because Eric Crouch got drafted by the Packers, right? If I'm not mistaken, I think he got drafted. I by the thought Packers. it was the Rams, but might be wrong. Yeah. So um, either way, he's like, I'm. They're like, well, we want you to play wide receiver, and he was like, Nah. There's like, we want you to play that wide receiver. He was like, Nah. He's like, we want you to play wide receiver. He's like, oh, I'm going to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, I, at the time he didn't seem to fit the mold of the NFL quarterback. He he might actually be better suited to today's style, you know, more of a running option kind of kind yeah. of quarterback. Yeah, he was drafted by the Rams, but um, okay. um, my expectation was not that he was going to be like a franchise quarterback. No, I was like Eric Crouch. I said, okay, he's because because he did a lot in Nebraska. I remember that one play where he, um, I think he li- lined up his wide receiver and caught a wide open ball and ran it for a touchdown. I mean, he he, if anything, he was an athlete. Very much so, yeah, yeah. very much. He kind he kind of reminds me of um, Woodrow Dancer, who played for your Cowboys and B Lives. Um, Clemson Tigers. All, all roads lead to Dabo. Somebody had to say that. I wasn't gonna say it, but uh. <laughs> Yeah, so um, he kind of reminded me of Woodrow Dancer because uh, they, because what they have him doing, they had him playing running back, right, and kick returner. I remember they had Woody Dancer doing that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yep, yeah. He he plays for the rival Clemson Tigers, but boy, he was a damn joy to watch. God, he was a joy to watch. All right, the Hall of Famer Uncle Max. He says, right. for, yep, he says for me it's Archie Griffin, the two-time Heisman winner that went on to have a very mediocre career. In his seven years with the Bengals, that's the only thing I ever hear about Archie Griffin. He won two Archie Griffith. He won two Heisman's, but as far as the next level, I didn't even know he played for that for the Bengals. I didn't even know he was in the league for seven whole years. Yeah, um, you know that that's another one. I, obviously, when he was winning Heisman's, I was an infant, so I didn't. Yeah, so you don't. You know, know Uncle Max, with all due respect, is a hundred. He, yeah, Uncle Max is like a hundred. So he. It was, Sorry, uh, Uncle Max. B Live uh, wasn't here to, uh, to uh, tell you Max, that. Smokes, Uncle Max, B Live's not here, so Scotty D had to fill in the void. I, and I'm and I'm being a respectful, <laughs> Uncle Max. They know better I'm, than that. I'm, they, I'm sorry. Their mamas raised them better. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, <sighs> we love but you, Uncle yeah, Max. So, uh, but to I mean, but honestly, this might be the best answer out of anybody on the list because nobody else has won two of them. Two of them. Nobody else won two Heisman's. He won two Heisman's, and yet, um, 
his NFL career was was short, and you know it, it wasn't it, you know not not much to it. Yep. Scotty, didn't, Scotty, do you think we'll ever see another <clears throat> two time Heisman winner? <clears throat> I I don't for for two reasons. One, if you win it as an underclassman, there's a good chance you're going to leave and go pro. Mm -hmm. And two, I, I think the voters have tendency to not lean towards you if you've already gotten one. Because if you remember after Matt Leinart won one, he was in the room with Reggie Bush and Bush got that one. And that was kind of a, a toss up between those two guys. I thought, I thought yeah. that year. Um, so, you know, more, more underclassmen are getting them these days than back. Like when Archie Griffin was there, that was not very many juniors were even getting them. It was mostly for seniors back at that time. So that that's, that's why I don't think that, 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 I mean, it's not unheard of if if someone would win it again. I mean, mm -hmm. kid from Alabama, young, he might win it again next year if he goes off. But is he going to come out and be an NFL player? I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, who who knows? He he might sit out a year and wait and get drafted. You know, people aren't even playing their ball games. That's a whole other. Oh, whole other thing. But yeah, let's. That's, that's, that's but but my answer is maybe. But I I I, I tend to lean towards we won't see that again. I mean, that was seventy what seventy four seventy five. Yeah, it's been, you know, forty years since it's happened in the first place. So, they they say all records are meant to be broken, but I, but but between that one, Joe DiMaggio's fifty six game hitting streak, and um, the Dolphins' undefeated season totality, probably won't be broken. Probably not. Yeah. be broken. Wasn't that one of our choices of the voices? Which record do you not see being broke? I we did, we yeah, we did yeah, run we did. one of those back. Uh, it's been a while, over yeah. a year or so. Yeah, we did, we did. All right, here we go. We got terrible Pete Tulanski, and he says, Scott, you, Scott, as a Giants fan, the answer is simple. Ron Dane is the most disappointing Heisman Trophy winner ever to look, ever. Look at these terrible stats, right? Shout out to Pete Tulanski for the stats. He says he was all hype, no substance. He had 3,722 rushing yards. He averaged 3.8 yards a clip, um, 28 rushing touchdowns. Uh, what we got? What we got here? Uh, 340 receiving yards. Uh, receiving average six yards of catch, I guess, and zero receiving touchdowns. So, uh, yeah, Ron Dane's NFL career. Yeah, and he was back to back with Ricky Williams, but, and I think he broke the records that Ricky Williams set the year prior, if I'm not mistaken, as far as the mm -hmm. single yep. season single season rushing record. Mm -hmm. Um. But I, I remember not being as excited for him as I was for Ricky Williams, because to me, it just looked like Ricky Williams was a can't miss Hall of Fame. He was going to go in the league and run the league kind of the way Adrian Peterson did, that he was just going to go into the league and just run over people and be like the best running back ever. And Ron Dane didn't look like that to me. Now, I would have expected better than these stats, honestly. So if you're a Giants fan, this is the perfect answer. So, yeah, he, he definitely had a, <laughs> he definitely had a little bit of a. A disappointing career. I was actually, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I was kind of, I, I think he went higher up. Like, I don't think this, he was even like a top five pick because mm. I think the Giants had other running backs and he was just kind of in the mix. He wasn't their featured back mm. back then. Was, so, was, was Tiki Barber still there? He may have been. I think he may have been and and, and did a little bit of, you know, splitting carries with, with Tiki. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think, can't swear that, but I think he was. I think they did have a little time there together, but. Either way, he was never the, like the the focal point of the offense. 
even though that's what New Orleans drafted Ricky Williams to to be in that role. That's not what Ron Dane was expected to do. He didn't have quite the physique. He was a little bit shorter and stouter than than Ricky Williams. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, Mike Davis said Charlie Ward, who went on to have a successful NBA career, but he said Charlie Ward. Yeah, I didn't like that answer. <laughs> doesn't really doesn't really go with the question. Yeah. But, but I understand what you're saying. We we thought Charlie now Charlie Ward in today's again he's another one of those guys ahead of his time probably would have been a good NFL quarterback today. Yeah. They weren't playing that style of offense back then. We had one for Sean Connors. Did you see that one, Eddie? I think I missed that one. Uh, it was under Pete's threat. He says the biggest in his opinion was Liner, which we we touched on already. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he said, I know RG three and Johnny Manziel were bad too, but he didn't expect the greatness from them. He thought Liner was going to be a stud. So. Similar similar thought process to what I, I have with Matt Liner. Gotcha. All right, moving right along. We have, <clears throat> excuse me, we got Martin Tracy. Matty Ice, Wayne in the pokey. All right, Matty Ice. All right, not in said, jail this week. Not this time. All right, he said uh, George Rogers in 1980. And here's the story behind it. I just moved here from Boston, and at the time I was heavily immersed in football. My coaches here at North Myrtle Beach were great coaches. Uh, One I played for. Bear, uh, anyways, Bear Bryant, Mike and Sean Cassidy's dad, uh, while playing, all my friends and teammates were either Clemson or Gamecocks fans. Um, I, it was important for me to pick a side. Yeah, you know what time it is. <laughs> I didn't like Orange, and my and my quarterback and friend Jay Ward, whose father was coach, uh, were the Gamecock were Gamecocks fans. So that choice was easy. And that time, George Rogers was the talk of the town. So when he was drafted by the Aints, it was expected he would be their savior. Instead, he succumbed to the siren call of something <laughs> that has been taken down many greats. Coke. I didn't know George Rogers had a cocaine issue. Um, new to me. I don't know how true it is. Uh, let's see. And never got to shine like I, hope, like I was hoping he would. Yeah, George Rogers was a big deal. In the state of South Carolina back in 1980, and then he had an okay career, and then he just fizzled out after that. Yeah, you know, he actually, if I if I remember right, he he had a pretty good start with New Orleans. He he rushed yep. for six, yeah, he rushed for 1,600 yards his rookie year. Um, had another thousand yard season with them a couple years later, and then actually had a he played three years with Washington, and, and they were good years. He three years with them, two out of three years, he went for over a thousand yards. And I believe he was on the, um, the Super Bowl team that Doug Williams led them to. Mm. I'm pretty sure I know that he, in that same time, they had Timmy Smith who rushed for Super Bowl record 200 yards in that game uh, against Denver. But uh, he retired due to, to, to some injury. So it, he was one of those guys that just went out there and got beat up a lot. Mm. Um I hadn't heard the thing that, that Manny Ice mentioned about uh, about the, the, the drug issue. Um, apparently, he did get arrested for drugs and was in a uh, treatment center for cocaine addiction in 1982. And um, evidently, in the back end of his career, he, he got clean enough to, to, you know, to finish all the rest. That may have been why the Saints parted ways with him. I can't I can't quite remember that. Uh but after his career was over, he still got he got arrested in South, Columbia, South Carolina, with possession with intent to distribute cocaine and marry Juana. And uh, now, from what I understand now, I, I've heard that he's had a, a clean career. I've seen him at the Hootie and Blowfish tournament several times and uh, heard good things about him. So 
hopefully that's just youth and that, that stuff's well behind him because he he does seem like a very classy guy and he did seem like he was destined for a better career than than how it ended up i mean he said he had a few good seasons in there some you know yeah four thousand yard seasons out of seven but yeah like like maddie i said that dude was expected to be he was another one that was expected to be a a killer when he got to the nfl yep a big damn deal all right jay martin who um piggybacked on martin tracy's post he said for me is jason white or eric crouch two for the crouch man who said that uh jay ward oh yeah jay ward but um but somebody said um jason white's knees were already shot by the time he um graduated from oklahoma and we all know what happened with eric crouch jason white shouldn't have won that heisman larry fitzgerald had his hands all over that trophy He's the true winner of the Heisman in 2003. Yeah. So, I, blah. Yeah, because when I saw Jason, because ah. when I saw Jason White, I was like, there's somebody asked me, what you think about Jason White? Oh, yeah, all right, I guess, you know. I guess it's all about the, I guess, I guess at that time it was all about where you played and who you played for instead of what you actually, you know, doing on the field. Because I ain't going to lie to you. I Pit thought, bias. Yeah. Pit bias. I just thought Jason White was average. I'm not going to lie to you. And now he's a coach somewhere. All right, so with that, yeah, he, didn't, he didn't do much. Wait a minute, let's not be so quick to dismiss here, Eddie. Cool, that the travesty that was Larry Fitzgerald not getting that Heisman that year. Everybody knew he was getting the ball, and he's still scoring three times a game. So that, yeah. that's that's all I have to say. Yeah, Larry, Larry Fitz was a big deal. Tr- tr- yeah. Trust, trust me, trust me. I, I saw plenty of him. I'm like, oh, he's the truth. Oh, he's he nice. He was nice for Pitt. Real nice, real nice, real nice, real nice. And it, and it doesn't seem like you know he's retired. This was like. Oh, Larry's not here. Okay. Yeah, playing golf right now or something. I don't know. Yeah. But shout out to him for getting his uh, communications degree. Uh, so shout out to Tom Wynn, JoJo Comfort, best name in the game, Dave Romito, Jeff Styles, who called me phenomenal, JR, a.k.a. Smooth the Star Walker, the Hall of Fame himself, Uncle Max, terrible Pete Talansky, Mike Davis, Maddie Ice, Martin Tracy, and Jay Ward for their participation in this week's Choices of the Voices. Scotty D, Heisman, that turned out to be in the NFL, who you got? Well, let me give you B Live's answer. Oh, I'm B-Live sorry, B Live. B Live told us earlier that he went, he um, liked Jameis An- James Winston for his answer mm-hmm. here, which is uh, another good answer because the Heisman winning national champion and went number one overall. And he's already on his second team. What is it, six years later, seven years yep. later? He's he, he just hasn't panned out. He, he turned the ball over too much in Tampa. Uh, he still looks like he's got some you know, some gas left in the tank before his injury, you know, he, he had some up and down weeks with New York. Not, not what you expect for a guy that was going to be, you know, a franchise quarterback. So that was B lives answer. Um, a couple of the ones that I was thinking of have been mentioned. Ricky Williams was, was one that I was, I was leaning towards and I wasn't sure until this moment that I was going to go with this one, but I am going to mention Herschel Walker. Oh, now when you think of Herschel Walker's pro career, what comes to mind first and foremost? He was. I mean, most people. He was a part of the trade to Minnesota. Yeah, he was part of trade (laughs) to Minnesota. Yes. Yeah, he got traded for picks, and then yeah, that has helped rebuild the Cowboys dynasty of the of the early nineties. That's that's his legacy, really, in the NFL. If you look at Herschel Walker's career, I mean, coming out of college, 
you would have thought this dude was going to be the next piece on at Georgia. He was just running over people, running around people, running past people. He was a, a complete stud in every aspect of the word. Mm-hmm. And then he's another one of those guys that went to the USFL out of college, played for the New Jersey Generals, and if I'm not mistaken, pretty much dominated that league. Yeah. The Cowboys spent a late round pick on him. And whenever it came time for those USFL players to jump over to the NFL, the Cowboys had his rights and he joined the backfield with an aging Tony Dorsett and immediately stole the shine. He was incredible in Dallas. Unfortunately, he was the only player on the team that was any good. Uh, his, His third year in Dallas after Dorsett moved on, he rushed for 1500 yards. He was also catching 800, 700, 500 yards a, a season. After he left Dallas and went to Minnesota, didn't rush for a thousand in three seasons with Minnesota. Mm. Did it once with Philly, and that was it, the only other time in his career. Now, he finished his career with um, 8,225 yards rushing and uh, and f- almost 5,000 receiving. Became a kick returner, had a good NFL career. He played... Uh, his first season was 86 with Dallas and, he, and his last season when he went back to Dallas was in 1997. So was that 11 seasons? He was, it wasn't like he was a scrub. He played well. He just, after he left Dallas, he didn't have, I, I don't know. He looked easy to tackle to me Yeah. when he was with Dallas guys were bouncing off of him. And that's why Minnesota was willing to give him a whole three years worth of draft picks to get their hands on him because at the time they were, they seemed like they were running back away from being a Super Bowl contender. And so when he went to Minnesota, it felt like they were going to, to go to the next level with this, with, with Herschel Walker. Mm-hmm. But then I would just watch him and it just seemed like he was, he, he went down easy. I, I don't know. It was very strange that he didn't have quite what he had in Dallas and he never was really known to be injury prone or anything to that nature. He played 15, 16, the game a year, every year, but he just, when he came out of college, he looked like he was going to go on to become the leading rusher in NFL history. He was going to blow by Jim Brown and Walter Payton and all those guys, and it just simply didn't happen. Mm. So from a standpoint of expectation to the finished product, Herschel Walker would be my answer, even though he was not technically a, a bust and a failure out of the league in four years type of sense of the word. That's my pick, Eddie Cool. Who you got? Well, I'm going to say Johnny Manziel. <clears throat> I'm just going to say Johnny Manziel because he had a whole lot of hype behind him and just came to Cleveland and just <laughs> poo-pooed the bed. Like, not to, even though Ryan Leaf was not a Heisman winner, but he poo-pooed the bed. I'm not going to lie to you. He poo-pooed the bed. That's my 1A. My 1B is Robert Griffin III. I remember when the team formerly known as the Skin of Reds, the Redskins, uh, the football team, when they played a early season um, 1 o'clock game against the Saints, and RG3 was throwing that ball all over the place. I mean, throwing, I mean, throwing the hell at that ball. And I was like, I remember I, I told somebody on Facebook, I said, up. Oh, these aren't your daddy's uh, Redskins anymore. I'm thinking it's a new team, a new era. They got this going on, and they got Coach Shanahan, and things going to be good. And then he messed around and got hurt. Now, I will say this, though. I'll, 
lay a thumb on some of the blame to Mike Shanahan because he should have been like, you know what? Your knees jacked up. I don't need you playing. And so when he hurt his knee in that playoff game, his career was never the same ever since. And he's had stops in Baltimore and Cleveland, and now he's doing um, color commentary. And he wrote, and now he wrote a tell-all book. Scotty D, did you have a chance to see the link that I sent you that LeVar Arrington has some real choice words about RG3? You know, I, I, I've heard different bits and pieces. I didn't read that whole thing. I heard bits and pieces that he was not too thrilled with, no. with this book coming out. No, because LeVar <laughs> Arrington was like, look, I've been saying this for years, and I hadn't been listening. And like, and no one's been listening. He said, "Now RG three wants to say something." I say it like this, Scotty D. And it's a lot. And it's like this a lot in life. Think about you being RG three. You're still good, and you're trying to get a job. But all of a sudden, you put this book out. Don't nobody want nothing to do with you. When you <laughs> don't nobody want nothing to do with you. But see, now you're retired, and you got a desk job. Well, I'm gonna tell everything I know, which goes to show. When you have more, when, when, when you need something, you do, you'll do less to divert that. But when you ain't got nothing to give, I'm going to tell everybody I know about this, that, 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 this, 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 this. Joe Gaffin, we love you, but, we, but your organization is trash, bro. <laughs> your organization is trash. It's a whole lot of dysfunctions. They get they getting people from other teams fired. Ain't nobody got nothing good to say about them. Trent Williams, he still want to fight people, even in San Francisco. He still want to beat somebody up in Washington. But I, I, speaking of another, yeah, I'm going to make a list one day. Teams that need a complete top to bottom and then a the bottom to top overhaul. Jacksonville and Washington. You just made the list. <laughs> Yeah. I will say this. So I, I, I've heard Robert Griffin III on some of these uh, football broadcasts, and I think he's actually doing a pretty good job. Yeah, he's good. He's good. I'm starting to like it. I've heard him a little bit raw, but I think he's getting better and better. I think he has a lot to offer the way of, uh, as, a, as a broadcaster, to be honest with you. Yeah. But not only did the injuries pile up on him, but I, I think the league figured him out, too, that, yeah. you know, he, he was part of that. Uh, right around the same time, Russell Wilson and Kaepernick, they were all running that kind of RPO, uh, you know, run option with. Yeah. Yeah. And and that, that gets guys hurt. Well, and I, th I think Kaepernick got figured out before all the controversy, take away all the, the stuff that happened with him later. But yeah. he started getting figured out. And Russell Wilson, I think, kind of took his game to another level. And, you know, he, he just he got better as a as a passer, yep. whereas the other guys kind of washed up. But the, the injuries, no doubt, uh, crushed RG3 for sure. Yeah, the injuries really did them no favor, no whatsoever. All right, Scotty D, with that being said, what's on tap next week for Choices of the Voices? All right, so next week will be Christmas week. We will be coming to you on Tuesday, just days before Santa Claus comes to town. Um. So we're going to go off sports topic and ask you next week, what is your favorite Christmas movie? No sports next week in the choices of voicemail. Favorite Christmas movie. Woo! Something different. And that'll give us something to talk about next week. Pretty cool. So think about all those movies that y'all watched on the Hallmark channel because you know they got like a thousand of them there. Uh, <laughs> the Christmas movies on Lifetime. Yeah, they got the thousands. They're all the same. Yeah, it's like they're all the same. 
they just play them on different nights of the week. The twenty five. They're, they're all romance with like eight different actors. <laughs> Honey, I'm home for Christmas. <laughs> I love you. I'm not going anywhere. Where have we seen this before? Oh, that's right. On the it, next channel, three it's, days it's, ago. It's the. It's what's yeah. Got. It's the, it's the cute girl, and she meets. It's the cute girl at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Meets a, a guy who is. The outcast, but she already has a boyfriend, but yeah. he's a jerk. Eventually, one of them moves away, and then they come back, and then the, the bad boyfriend gets ousted, and then they end up happily ever after at the end, kissing in front of a Christmas tree. That's kind of that's kind of it. I, I just summed it up for you. He's like, Jillian, you know I can love you way better than Mark. <laughs> Dump him, and I'll be your Christmas present. Is this what I really want to be with you, but I can't. I've committed to him so long. Our families are involved. Girl, damn him and those families. It's just me, and I have no family. <laughs> we, we maybe should am do the Amtrak thing like B Lab always says. Yeah, we're going to Amtrak it. See you next week for the choices of the voices. Okay, boys, let's bring it home with a round of pepper. Well, you heard the woman. It's time for us to go home and get the hell out of here. But before we go, we're going to leave you with a round of pepper. That's right. You know how we do it. Three topics. Rapid fire style. Connoisseur and not really. Here to enlighten, engage, educate, and entertain. Enlighten, engage, educate. The four E's. Yes, I got it right. In no particular order. But with that being <laughs> said, I'll go first. All right. On this day in history, back in 1947, the Cleveland Browns, they beat the New York Yankees 14-3 to win the AAFC Championship game. For those of you that don't know your football, that was the, I think it's called the All-American Football Conference. It was the league before the NFL. And after that, the NFL was born, and the Cleveland Browns, they became a part of the NFL. Over to you, Scotty D. Excellent. Yeah. All right, so by the time we, we we release this podcast, this might be already a done deal, but as I'm recording, Steph Curry needs seven three-pointers to become the all-time three-point shooter in NBA history. He has a game on Monday night, this past Monday night, uh, against the Indiana Pacers, so by the time we're recording, he may already have accomplished this record, but just want to give a shout-out to Steph Curry for two things one becoming the being the greatest sh shooter i have personally ever seen and also for ruining basketball from every level because everybody tries to play like him and nobody else can so all the way down to my nephew's ninth grade league people are trying to gun threes and play like steph curry so thanks steph for ruining the game of basketball and for being the greatest shooter i've ever seen over to you eddie cool the perfect two. Right, I'm sorry. The ball. <laughs> the ball. The ball. <laughs> you okay for that one? All right. So, um, name, image, and likeness. N I L. Right. So, guess who else has jumped in the N I L game? Anybody got any guess? Anybody? Anybody? I'll tell you who jumped. Um, uh, no guess. All right. I'll tell you. World Wrestling Entertainment. Yes, they have jumped into the NIL, the name, like, name, image, and likeness game. Except, of course, you know, they always put their spin on everything. I'm just glad they didn't name it the Braun Breaker Invitational. Uh, it's called the <laughs> inaugural Next In Line class, okay? It includes athletes from 13 universities 
seven NCAA conferences and four sports. In addition to the United States, the class includes representation from a myriad of countries spanning from Canada and Nigeria. And the following 15 athletes joined Olympic gold medalist Gable Stevenson, I'm sorry, Gable Stevenson in WWE's first of its kind NIL program, according to WWE.com, brother. All right. We got Carlos Alves of Ventura, California, a 6'6", 305 track and field athlete from the Ohio State University. That's a big boy. Why is he not on the football field? And then we have the Cavender twins, Haley and Hannah of Gilbert, Arizona, both stand at 5'6". They both play basketball for the University of Fresno State. A.J. Ferrari, he ain't a car, but he's from Dallas, Texas. He stands at 6'2". 200 pounds, and he's a wrestler from Oklahoma State University. Lexi Gordon of Fort Worth, Texas, six-foot basketball player from Duke. Aaliyah Hutchins from Toronto, Canada, a five-foot-five track and field athlete who runs for Wake Forest. Uh, John Cran, listen to this cat, uh, Scotty D, of Riverside, California, a seven-foot-tall, 400-pound football player from Portland State University. He's going straight to the PC. He's not going to no NFL. Seven-foot. <laughs> Yeah. 400. Sheesh. Yeah. All right. Glenn Logan of Kenner, Louisiana, six foot five, 305 pound football player from LSU. Um, Isaac O. I'm going to call him Isaac O because I don't want to be disrespectful and butcher his name. Isaac O. I lost my place. Anyways. Okay. Isaac O from Lagos, Nigeria. He's a six foot four, 275 pound football player from the University of Alabama. Are you surprised? I'm not. Uh, well, Todd. Yeah, Mason Paris of Lawrenceburg, Indiana, six foot two, two seventy five. He's a wrestler from the University of Michigan. Go blue. Um, Messiah Russell of Potomac, Maryland, five foot five, track and field athlete from the University of Kentucky. John Seaton, Hillsborough, New Jersey, six one, two eighty five pound football player from Elon University. Joe Spivak of Lombardi, Illinois, six foot tall, three hundred pounds. Football player from Northwestern University, Dart Wagner of Spring Grove, Illinois, a six foot, six foot nine, six nine, three hundred and thirty pound football player from the University of Arkansas. Big. Yeah, and Riley White of Hoover, Alabama, five foot six track and field athlete from the University of Alabama. Let's see. I'm looking at this list. Probably about five of these we'll probably be seeing in the performance center and on the main roster. By that time it might be NXT 3.0, because this 2.0 mess ain't hitting. Over to you, Scotty D. Wow. All those guys are looking to get into the wrestling business, huh? Yep. All right. I want to send a shout-out to the parents of Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup has been a stud this year. He's one of the uh, top receivers in the NFL. I, I wouldn't generally say I'm a fan of the name Cooper. I'm not a big fan, but Cooper Cup sounds like a, a, a good football player. So shout out to his parents, because if they had named him like Bob, Bob Cup, he wouldn't be leading the league in, in receptions or he wouldn't be having such a great or Bill Cup doesn't have the same ring as Cooper Cup. So good on his parents for coming up with the name Cooper Cup of the Rams. Eddie Cool, the ball. Bill Cup, Bob Cup. John Cup, I automatically think golf, golf, and more <laughs> golf. Yeah, yeah. Cooper, Nobody's yeah. throwing the ball to Bob Cup. I can assure you, Bob Bob Cup ain't ain't, ain't getting a thousand yards a season. No, no Bob Cups. Cooper Bob, Cup, yeah. different story. Bob is someone with a cup, <laughs> right? 
So here we go. All right, so um, <laughs> as you saw on our Facebook, um, I'm jumping around a little bit, but third and final pepper point. First, first and foremost, I want to give a shout-out to Wolverine. He has the same last name as this guy. Yep, me. Um, shout-out to him, Wolverine. He's a senior wide receiver at South Carolina State University. Um, Wolverine accepted an invitation to the HBCU Legacy Bowl, which will be played on February 19, 2022, at Ullman Stadium in New Orleans, Louisiana. And for the season, for the South Carolina State Bulldogs, has 44 receptions, 567 yards, and three touchdowns. So it's pretty good to see a local kid from back home getting some shine in a um, in a postseason bowl. And you can find this game on the NFL Network. But guess what? He's not the only Vereen doing big things back home. Elijah Vereen, a running back from the North Myrtle Beach High School, where I graduated from, he is in a he is in the running um, as a finalist for the PD. South Carolina High School Sports Running Back of the Year. I don't have his stats, but if you're in the running, you're doing pretty good. And from the looks of it, he just might run away with this award. So shout out to Elijah and his parents, and Will and his parents. A little quick story about Will's father. Will's father used to cut my hair a very long time ago. Will's father, uh, Wayne Vereen, used to cut my hair and my father's hair as well, too. So um, No relation? Probably it's a family affair. Yeah. So shout out to those Vereen boys in South Carolina, making the last name proud. And that goes to show Shane Vereen ain't the only one to know how to play football. Over to you, Scotty D. What about Cooper Vereen? How's Cooper Vereen playing these days? Is he, he any good? I don't know, but that'd be a strong name. <laughs> that'd be a strong name. Cooper Vereen. Yep. Yeah, see, not, not quite as same as Cooper Cop. Cooper yeah. Cop. So, All right. Something about, that uh, cup, so, something about that cup with the two P's at the end of it. <laughs> that's a good name, Cooper Cup. Yeah. All right, so reports came out this past week that Jalen Rose and ESPN uh, moderator Molly Quarum will be getting a divorce. Molly, no! if you know, is very, very hot. Very pretty. So you're saying there's a chance. Oh, wait a minute. This just in. Stephen A. Smith got his claws on Molly. I guess I'm out after all. Guess no chance. Could there be a little controversy at ESPN? Well, Stephen A., Jalen Rose, Molly, love triangle. Stay tuned. Oh, and by the way, off topic of winning the Grey Cup in overtime against the Hamilton Tiger Cats on Sunday night. While America was watching Aaron Rodgers owning the Bears, uh, the CFL had their Super Bowl, the Grey Cup. And the Blue Bombers are the Grey Cup champions. Eddie Cool, the ball. Yep, they, uh, they, they won the uh, Grey Cup back in 2019. No season last year. They won it this year. So technically, they won it back to back. They did, back to back, right. Winnipeg. Blue Bombers. Um, yeah, Scotty D, that's it for my pepper. Did you, did you finish all your pepper too? Yeah, and I, I, I'm I'm hoping that I can talk B live into not, not having his feelings so hurt and to come back and join us next week. Oh man, maybe he'll be in the Christmas spirit and want to tell us his favorite favorite Christmas movie, and uh, we can all make up and be friends again. Exactly. Uh, before we get out of here. Um, we want to send our condolences to the families of former Denver Broncos wide receiver Demarius Thomas, who passed away 
um, over the weekend at age 33. Um, they said no foul play was suspected in his passing. It was more health-related issues. Um, real sad during this time of the year, so close to Christmas, so far away from Thanksgiving. So um, I remember, Sound like he was having problems with seizures is yep, what the early seizures. reports are. Yep. I remember um, I was watching a few days ago Shannon Sharp. He was devastated about it because, you know, he's a former Bronco as well, too. And he told a story about how Shannon Sharp was telling Eric Decker and Demarius Thomas and I don't know who the other wide receivers was, but, hey, man, Peyton Manning's come, so you guys got to really step your game up. You know, get, get ready because it's fit to come fast, quick, and in a hurry. And so it did. And um, I guess he said he heard from somebody that Demarius Thomas wasn't doing too good and, you know, Shannon didn't have a chance to reach out to him. I'll say that to say this. If you ever hear that somebody's not doing too great, reach out to them as soon as possible because you never know. Or if they ever happen to cross, people cross my mind all the time and when they do, I try my best to reach out to them. So just um, read, let's, let's be better as a society and reach out to each other. Let's reach out to each other. Let's love each other and take care of each other. Right, Scotty? It's, it's, it's easier these days with texting and, uh, and, and uh, emailing or Facebook, whatever. There's, there's, there's a lot more ways to do it. And I, I try to do that myself. You know, I try to, just reach out every once in a while and say, Hey, I haven't talked to you. I was just thinking about you. Said a prayer for you today. You know, that, that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's, that's uh, man. That, that, I, I hated hearing this Demarius Thomas thing. You know, one of the, the memory for me with him is always going to be that he was the one that was on the receiving end of Tim Tebow's greatest moment as a pro when they beat the Steelers in, in the playoff game in overtime, when he went across the middle and, and uh, scored that game winning touchdown. And I remember at the time that was like when they started doing this, the NFL rules of, you know, it used to be first team scored wins. Now the NFL has, you know, if you kick, if Demaris Thomas scored, I was thinking, Steelers still get a chance to get the ball. Why are they celebrating? And I was like, oh, if you score a touchdown, that's, I, I learned that rule that night whenever yeah. Demaris Thomas scored that touchdown against Pittsburgh. And as a, as a guy who is not a fan of the Steelers, that was a pretty, you know, that was a fun moment for me too. But that was, that was like the most memorable moment of, of the Tebow era, I think, in Denver. And I think that was his last win, because if I'm not mistaken, they lost the playoffs in the next year's when Peyton Manning did come in. So, yeah, um, yeah too bad for that man. And, uh, yeah, condolences to his, his family. Eddie Cool, I'm, I'm out of stuff to talk about. I mean, I, I'm exhausted uh, covering for Live this week. I'm exhausted. I am all talked out. All right, Scotty D is all talked out. Wow, that is a first. Well, Scotty D, it's, it's, it's time for us to um, get up out of here and go hate watch Monday Night Raw, or even better, go watch some Monday Night Football. Something's cooking in the kitchen. Ooh. So that being said, and in closing, do something nice for yourself. And if you can, do something nice for someone else. They'll greatly appreciate it now more than ever. But before I go, before I go, before I go, look, it's the holiday season. Restaurants and retail shops are busy. Some of them are still understaffed. Practice patience. Don't you bring your broke behind in the restaurant and start acting silly. Oh, I only got $55, but our bill is $56. Hey, look, ain't no shame in going to a buffet, going to McDonald's or Burger King. If you got it, all right, just, just save yourself some embarrassment. So um, practice patience, love each other, and take care. And with that being said, it's been another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. Ain't you supposed to be getting up at this point in time, Scotty D? Like moving around and stuff? Doing all that? Yep, and he's doing it. Now I'm just going to cover the screen.
With that being said, yes, sir. There you go. Y'all take yes, care. Sir. Goodbye. Good night. Yes, sir. Love each other. Take care. Yes, See you next week. Yes, sir. Another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. One more time, Scotty D. Yes, sir. See you next week. Yes. Sir.